0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support.
1: So I want you to lift your hands and close your eyes right now. And just allow the Holy Spirit to just enter into your heart, into your mind, your soul. And let's just pray together. Father, thank you for this privilege to come together with your women. Lord, with your women of God, after your own heart, seeking more of you and seeking all that you have for us. Father, you've brought us together not only to bless us but to use us to be a blessing. Father, open our hearts tonight to a new thing, to a new word, to a new experience with you and to a new dimension of how you want to move in our lives, in us, for us, and through us. Father, we give you the praise tonight. We open our hearts to you. We feel your presence And God, I thank you for refreshing a new beginning tonight and just an awesome, awesome time celebrating you. And all God's women shouted, amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You can have a seat. So tonight, uh, I was praying all week about what the Lord would have me to speak to you. And I just kept hearing a saying i've taught this message numerous times over the years but i kept hearing this in my heart who do you think you are now let me ask you who has ever heard that saying before lift your hands come on I, 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 this is going to be an interaction tonight right so what is that song lydia how does that song go you don't know that song Hey, Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? <laughs> right? So, yes, that was from the world a long time ago. But that song, I don't know about you, but that has always stuck in my head. And so, at one point in my ministry, that phrase came into my mind as appropriate for who do you think you are when God is calling upon us to go to a new dimension? Or when a new opportunity opens up in our lives. Or when someone offers us a new position at work and in the back of your mind you're thinking, who do you think you are? Most of us don't have the problem of thinking too highly of ourselves. We have the problem of thinking too lowly of ourselves. Low self-esteem is something that I don't think that I'm the only one in this room that has had to deal with this in my life. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I think that so many times our future is determined really by our vision of who we think we are, who we think our limitations or what we think our limitations are, what low expectations maybe we have of ourselves, words that have been planted in our spirit from maybe the time we were children. You know, we've been in the ministry, Larry and I and my family, for 45 years almost. And I think the biggest hindrance to people's moving forward into their giftings, into their callings, into their destiny, is low self-esteem. And I've seen so many times where that is planted in their spirit, not by reality, not by their limitations or their inabilities but by words that were spoken over them last Sunday Larry began a a message on breaking generational curses and I know he's going to continue it this Sunday and I don't want to steal any of his thunder but I'm just saying what God told me to say tonight so but there are some times in all of our lives where a generational curse of limitation of failure has been literally spoken over our lives. One gentleman that was a really good friend of ours, he passed away last year, but his entire life, and, 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 and he was already in his 70s, but his entire life was colored by who his first grade teacher spoke that he was. He had a learning disability as far as reading, but he had other giftings that were brilliant. And a first grade teacher told him that he was stupid, that he was dumb, that he would never amount to anything, and that he would be a failure his whole life. Now you and I probably think, how could a teacher say that to someone? But it happens all the time. And many, many times, maybe someone hasn't actually spoken those words to that degree over our lives, but they have certainly insinuated that over our lives. How many of you in your life, and maybe you don't want to admit this, or we don't even like to think about it because it's very hurtful, but there were things said to us or arguments that we were in or different things uh, in school maybe that were said to us that literally have stuck with us our entire lives. And those things can be a hindrance to us. So I was thinking about this, who do you think you are? And I was thinking about that saying that we've all probably heard, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Is that literally the biggest lie in the universe? You know, you can fall down, break your arm, break an ankle, break a bone. It's going to heal. But those heartfelt words can stick with us our entire life and bring a brokenness of heart and spirit. And so tonight, I'm not bringing him up to dwell on the negative. I'm bringing him up so we can get past that. And that we can move forward out of those hindrances, out of those negative words, out of those limitations, and break forth into all that God wants you and I to be. Amen? So, I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I just feel the Holy Spirit in such a strong way. And maybe just let your heart be stirred and think, just for a moment... What are maybe some defining words that were spoken to you, spoken over you? Maybe you had a broken relationship. Maybe it was a marriage. Maybe it was a, 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 a relationship or a friendship that ended up with negative words being spoken. Or how many of you have ever heard words like, you're just stupid, You're just whatever. You're not that. Words like that, that aren't even based on truth. They can be based on someone's opinion. And so as you're thinking about that, you can open your eyes now. That's not a nice feeling, is it? And it brings like a suffocation, really, but I'm telling you tonight, those words are not defining your future. Those phrases, those insinuations, those hurtful words are not going to define who you are. And let me just tell you something hurt people hurt people. Have you ever noticed that many times the most hurtful, mean people are people who have been hurt? And they end up taking it out on others. It's the old illustration. You know, the husband gets mad at the wife. Says mean things to her. The wife takes it out on the kids. The kids take it out on the dog. The dog takes it out on the cat. The cat goes after the mice. You know, and on and on and on. But there's a chain reaction to hurt and pain. There's a chain reaction to brokenness. And I don't know about you, but I've come to terms with some things over the years that I am not going to let my future be defined by someone else's limited view of who I am or through their hurts being taken out on me. You know, there's times in our life, of course, when you're pastoring for 45 years, guess what? There's a lot of people that come and go. And guess what? They all have opinions about you, and so, my goodness, we would be schizophrenic if we took to heart everything that someone had an opinion about how we taught, how we looked, how we you know I remember <laughs> this just came to my mind, but I remember when we first moved here from Oregon, we moved you know here to Texas and you know, Oregon is a little, um, abstract <laughs> West coast is a little, what's loose. So, you know, we came and we, uh, you know, I, I, my, I had my hair spiky at that time. And I remember a woman came in and she was, you know, very Southwest. I mean, a lovely, lovely woman. You know and I mean I remember greeting her and like you know I don't care what you look like I don't care how you act you know I'm just glad people are coming and so she got up and left during the service and she said to one of the one of the staff or you know one of the staff members there's just too much spiky hair in this church for me (laughs) you know and I'll tell you I was like devastated and but I thought, you know what, that's, that's who we are. You know, that's who we are, and that's who you are, and that's all okay. But I had to kind of break through that, and I had to deal with that as an offense and not take offense. But, you know, people are always going to have their opinions. It doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean you're right. But we have to not filter our destiny or our courage or confidence through the views of others now I'm not saying we can't take helpful criticism absolutely we can but at the same time you know you got to be who God's calling you to be and you've got to move forward in that you can't be bound by the fears and the low self-esteem that it's projected upon you by others. Does that make sense? I've seen it happen so many times. I've seen, I've seen people, um, well, let me just use myself as an example. I'll I'll beat myself up tonight. But when I was a little girl, I was very self-conscious of public speaking. I remember, you know, when I was in first grade, I can still remember to this day, the teacher calling on me to stand up and count to 100. Big whoop, right? <laughs> I was mortified. I was just absolutely mortified. I just got up. My throat got, my mouth got dry. I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I fell into my desk and broke into tears, you know. And um, I was very shy. I was very... I was very bold in some ways, but public speaking, I was so shy and self-conscious. And I'm blushing right now. (laughs) Well, little did I know that somewhere in my future was going to be a destiny from God that involved that very thing. And I had a very hard time overcoming that. I really, really did. People were like, oh, come on. You were never shy. Oh, yes, I was. And I had to get past that in order to do what God was calling us to do. I could easily be a hermit. (laughs) I could easily just do my projects and do what I do. And, you know, because, I, I mean, I love to be with people. But I also have a side of me that just is shy and that could stay behind the scenes and just do things. So literally to be in the people business, to be in the ministry, I had to break out of a shell. And I had to gain confidence. Nothing was more mortifying to me than to stand up and speak publicly. The second scariest thing to me was to meet someone new and have a conversation. And... You know, that kind of comes with this territory. And so literally, I had to grapple with that. Not once, not twice, not year after year after year. And every new level that I moved forward, I had to conquer that level of fear. So I'm saying this to you, not to draw attention to me. I'm saying this to you to say my destiny could have been annihilated if I didn't overcome that fear. And if I didn't overcome that horrendous humiliation in first grade when I collapsed trying to count to 100 publicly. (laughs) Right? Okay, somebody else say amen so I'm not the only one. (laughs) All right. So basically, I'm saying to you tonight, You may be facing fears. You may be facing things that in your personality you don't feel qualified for. I've had people talk to me about dreams and visions and things that they would love to be able to accomplish. But in the adequacy of their own selves, they're lacking in that. And they don't feel they would ever be qualified for that. Let me ask you something. Have you ever gone for a new position at work That you felt overqualified for? No. Because we're moving up the ladder. I remember one gal I talked to years ago and she's like, gosh, this position is opening up at my job. I kind of know what goes on in that position, but I really want that job and I could grow into it. But I'm scared that they'll find out I'm so unqualified I said, just get in there and strut your stuff (laughs) like you know what you're doing and work your way into that job and then work your hardest to to get your abilities up to that level. Well, she got the job. She went in there and owned it and just did everything she could to learn what she needed to learn for that. And all of a sudden, she was overqualified for that position and she got promoted again. But you see, within herself, look back one year prior, she wasn't qualified and she didn't feel qualified. But as she moved forward and stepped into it, wow, she had the ability, she just hadn't got there yet. What is it in your life that is holding you back from the dream and the vision that God's put in your heart? Whether it's ministry, whether it's business, Whether it is having a family, I know many, many people that are literally afraid to have children because they feel like they are not qualified as a parent. Let me ask you moms here. Is there anybody here that the day you walked out of that hospital with that newborn baby, you didn't feel overwhelmed and underqualified? I remember Larry and I walking out to the car. It's just you and me do I get in the back seat what do I do with this baby we get in the car we drive home and we walk into our little mobile home I'm like oh my god what have we done you know I mean you're not qualified and they don't come with a manual but God equips us as we go isn't it just an amazing thing how he does that as we say yes he equips us as we go You know, several months back, um, I was reading my Bible one day. And I can't exactly remember how this conversation came up with Larry. We were talking about some things that were on his heart, some things on my heart. And we were talking about Moses being called into his level of leadership. Can you imagine? Can you imagine as a human being being called to do What God called him to do. And he felt so under equipped, overwhelmed, over his head, under equipped. And yet God appointed him to do this incredible job. He didn't go off to Bible college, he didn't go off to the splitting and the parting of the Red Sea College. SP, (laughs) he just said, All right, Lord, yes, here I am, use me, let's do this. And as he stepped forward, those miracles opened up. Even when they got to the Red Sea, can you imagine? All Pharaoh's army is chasing you and the people you're supposed to be leading who are a little cranky. they weren't all completely compliant you know how about you hot desert how about you step in? let's step outside and have this meeting right now and see how cranky we all are and sweaty and crabby in five minutes in the hot desert and no water no provisions you know how many of you have ever been a place where somebody's supposed to provide different things or you go there and the expectations and it's like didn't anybody prepare didn't anybody know we were coming (laughs) can you imagine how cranky those people were they they weren't exactly the model of god's children and seasoned christians they were cranky and here's moses well here we are at the sea (laughs) uh where do we go from here but it was only as they moved forward and he obeyed God that the waters parted and they all walked through and their lives were saved. And then the, the sea par- came back onto the army and drowned all Pharaoh's army. You know, but it wasn't, okay, God, here's my script. Here's my agenda. Okay, folks, come close. Come close. Let's, let's talk about the agenda. It's like Nancy and when we go to Israel and we've got our agenda Maybe we have 150 people or whatever. It's like, okay, everyone, here's what, we're walking, we're walking, we're, <laughs> we're walking. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll get up on the, uh, we'll get up at Masada and everybody goes walkabout. Everybody's wandering and we've got to, you know, be at the next spot and we're trying to keep track of people and maybe we've got some stragglers. How many times we get to the bus, we're counting everybody. It's like we're missing three. Where are they? Then we gotta run back and find those three. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Well, two out of three, that's not bad. (laughs) It's a job. It's a job managing people. And people get upset. You know, we'll chase after them up there and it's like, hey, guys, come on, we gotta go. And really, you know, I'm like, guys, come on, we gotta, really, I'm like, hi, guys, come on, we gotta go. You know, but people, People wander. And so I'm thinking, poor Moses. Oh my goodness, the job that he had in not just the miraculous part, but just in the leading of God's people. And yet, he did it. And we're still talking about him today. Wow, he did a job, but he wasn't qualified for it. He was qualified. As he went, how many times have you maybe heard this saying, uh, God rarely calls the qualified, but he always qualifies the called. Amen. He sets us apart for greatness. He sets us apart to make an impact in the world. He sets every single one of us. Every single age. Every single race. Every single type. It doesn't matter. He has set you apart. To make a difference. To make an impact in the world. And to accomplish great things for him. I know sometimes... You know, I've heard people say, uh, oh, well, I heard him say this about Larry and I a long, long time ago when we decided we were going to move to Australia and pioneer a church over there. We didn't know anything about Australia. We didn't know anybody. We didn't know anything about the country. God called us to go there. We said yes. And then we were like, what did we just do? And... It was the scariest thing to just pick up and move to an, another nation that we knew nothing about with our two little kids and start over. We built this incredible church in Santa Fe, New Mexico. We had, oh my goodness, all these young Vato Locos and street kids and drug dealers, gang members, all these wild and crazies. They came in, gave their lives to the Lord. I mean, it was just a wild and fun scene. We had all these different nationalities of different tribes and Navajo, Pueblo, Hopi, all these different tribes and everybody loved each other. And it was a blast. We had so much fun. It was just such a family. Well, I mean, I'm saying we had a lot of fun, but we fought a lot of battles, believe me. But we poured our heart and soul into this and then all of a sudden God says pick up and move to Australia and do it again over there and so you know we didn't feel qualified I was 26 years old I was still just a kid Larry was a little bit older but he was really a punk <laughs> no I'm just, I'm just kidding you know I am. I was like I gotta put one in he jabs me every week I gotta once in a while be able to <laughs> He got me a couple good zingers the last couple weeks. I'm like, oh man, when I get that microphone on Thursday night. No, I didn't even think about it till just now. But, um, you know, we weren't qualified. I felt so overwhelmed when God called us to Australia. I'm like, I'm just a kid. What am I doing? Going to another nation? How in the world... Do you go to a nation and try to reach them for the Lord? Where do you start? What do you even do? How do you do that? And God just spoke to my heart. He said, one by one. Win them one at a time. Reach them one at a time. One turns into two. Two turns into, you know, and that it wasn't about the numbers. It was about reaching people the numbers would take care of themselves if you reach people with the reality of God and the transformation of lives then those people reach people and you make an impact but we didn't have the agenda we didn't have all the bullet points we didn't have the the how to's we had the go and we said yes our agenda was two words go Yes, <laughs> and we did. And we just did what we'd always done. We, even, when, even when we weren't on actually in ministry, when we first got saved, we'd just reach everybody we could. Someone in the grocery store line, hey, you know what? Take a little track with you. Would you like to come to church? Would you like to come? You know, this and that. You meet people. You know how we got our first people in, uh, well, in Adelaide, our first invites really were aboriginals that were walking on the street that really didn't even speak english and they were it was a family and they were just walking on the street and we just were walking from our house down the block to the um shop (laughs) to the little shop where you would go to a little shop for like a deli and you get fish and chips or little milks or drinks or whatever called the shop my kids would say, mommy, can we go to the shop and get a lolly? <laughs> lolly is candy. Yes, children, let's go to the shop. <laughs> so we walked, walked there. and these, This family of aboriginals was just like, you know, standing on the street. And so we just were like, hey. Well, listen, I'm telling you, they, don't, they wouldn't even look at us. Because at that time... This is not a racial statement. This is the truth. Anyone would say that over there. White people didn't talk to Aboriginal people. This was in the early 80s, and it was an incredibly racist nation. And so Larry and I just, you know, walked up to them, and they were looking down at the ground. They wouldn't even look at us. And we're just like, hey, (laughs) would you like to come to church They didn't even respond. They just looked. We thought, okay, well, we didn't, they couldn't understand us. We just thought they wouldn't, you know, couldn't understand us. Guess what? That opening night, they were there. They came in after it already had started. We had a movie going and um, they already had, that already had started. And they came in and just stood in the back. Uh, There was like three, the the same three people that we had spoken to. So they, we thought they didn't understand English, but they understood our heart. And so they came in and because it was just Larry and I and Anna was uh, five, Luke was one and a half. So Anna had to run the nursery (laughs) and Luke had to be in the nursery I had to play the keyboard and Larry had to preach and then we had to both do the altar call. As soon as I played the keyboard for worship, I had to run and do the nursery and relieve Anna. (laughs) It was a wild scene. And so we missed them, but they left even before the altar call so we couldn't even talk. Like, oh man, we so wanted to talk to them. Guess what? The next night, They came back and they brought five or six different people with them. And so here we are. We're like, how do we reach? We don't understand this culture. You know, we're we're little American kids. We understand American and we were hippies and, you know, all this stuff. And and I'll never forget this, Andre. They were from Mauritius. And this was actually in our other church in, in Melbourne. And he says, one day I thought, finally, I'm finally starting to feel like I can relate to these people. I feel like they're really starting to get us, you know. Because there was such incredible cultural differences that you're thinking, how can people relate to us? How can we relate to them, you know. And Andre comes up to me and he says, tell me tease." What is a hippie? <laughs> what is a hippie? I had to turn away. I was so wounded. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I thought we were getting to know each other and you don't even know what a hippie is. <laughs> I guess you had to be there. My point is, I was so overwhelmed, feeling unconfident in being able to reach these people and reach, let alone a few people, let alone a city, a community, a nation. So on the second night when the Aboriginals came in and they sat in the, or didn't sit, they stood in the back. And so as soon as the uh, movie came on and Larry came off the little platform, which was like five by eight, (laughs) and he went down, I had to go on my way to the nursery to relieve Anna from nursery duty and Larry goes up and tries to get them you know to sit down in a chair and they're like just looking straight ahead like they didn't understand a word he said and they're all you know grouped together and so he goes and he gets one of the folding chairs and he brings it over sits it down right next to the great grandma and takes her and sits her down in it and she kind of (laughs) goes (laughs) hmm and so all the others are kind of looking because honestly there was no white people that associated with these people they were only in town because the reservation or the outback had brought them in on buses for a week or so and so they were that's why they were standing there so then All of a sudden, you know, she's sitting there in that chair. And Larry goes, I won't really sit on, and sits on her lap. Gives her this giant big hug. And she just bursts into tears and laughter. And the whole rest of them were like, they couldn't believe it. And they all teared up. And all of a sudden, word spread that there were these young white Radical pastors that loved aboriginal people. The word didn't spread that they had a church. The word spread that there were white people that loved them. And why am I telling you that story? It wasn't in my notes. But I'm telling you, we didn't know or have an agenda or a written format Of how to go and start a church or pioneer a work for God in a foreign country. And Australia then wasn't like Australia is now. Australia, you know, most of the world right now is so modernized and, you know, global. It wasn't back then. It was different. It was very different from the U.S. And culturally, things were very, very different. And the only qualification that we had... They didn't even understand our message. Those aboriginals sitting there did not understand one word Larry said when he preached. What they understood was God's love and our love. And all of a sudden, I found the key to doing what God had for us as a destiny. To reach people, not the whole agenda... No, we didn't know what was coming next. We didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. We didn't know anything except how to love on folks and how to share the love of God. I still couldn't speak publicly. (laughs) Even at that time, I still was so shy and nervous to speak publicly. But I sure knew how to hug. And I sure knew how to love on people. And I sure knew how to show them that God cared about them. And so did we. And maybe I didn't get up and have a microphone in my hand, but I always had a cup of coffee in my hand in a paper cup. And I always went and reached them and took them a cup of coffee. And so I'm just saying that to say, when God has a destiny for your life, whether it's ministry, whether it's business, whether it's singing, whatever, whatever career he has for you. No, we're not born qualified. But we are born to be successful. And we are born with a destiny that God has for each one of us. It is distinctly from him. Yours isn't like mine. Mine isn't like yours. Is one better than the other? Absolutely not. Every single person is necessary to fulfill the big plan of what God has for us. Are you qualified to move into leadership? Are you qualified to move into a higher position at work? Are you qualified to start your own business? Probably not. Maybe you are. Then get going. (laughs) The, uh, The only thing that is going to qualify you really, yes, we have to prepare, yes, we have to study, yes, we have to do all those things, But it's in the moving forward, just like with Moses. It's in that moving forward, saying yes, being obedient, doing it one step at a time, taking a step forward, the next step forward, taking a step forward. And as we do that, it all unfolds before us. So let me close with this. That feeling of inferiority. Who do you think you are? I've had people come to me and tell me, oh, I just would love to do this, but who am I? I've had people come to me. You've probably felt this when you've heard a message on God wanting to prosper you. And you think, yeah, but who am I? I've heard uh, a few months ago, I was talking to this uh, businesswoman on the phone in another state. And I said, well, how are you guys doing? You know, this was shortly after the whole whole covid thing and everything i said i've i've really been praying for you that god would bless you and you know get you all back on your feet after the hit you took financially and business wise and she said well you know thank you but i don't really think that god has time for blessing me there's so much going on in the world in the world i don't think that god has his mind on me and i said honey yes he does He's so big that he has his eye on all the billions of people. But he's also so big that in that same eyesight, he has his eye on you personally, your family, your future, your destiny. She said, well, I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I just don't think that God is that way. And I said, "Hun." you're missing out because he is that way he's so enormous he's so big that nothing is too hard for him or escapes his vision but he is so all inclusive that he sees your life he sees where you're at he sees everything big everything medium sized everything little and tiny he cares he loves you and he has you on his mind. Oh, that's good. That is so powerful. I got to tell you. Going through what we just went through in the last several years. You don't even imagine how that comforted my soul every single day. Not just in the big, oh, Pastor Tiz, she was healed of cancer. It wasn't one giant thing and it wasn't overnight. Every day. Little things, big things, major things, this and that come up, all these things. It wasn't just poof, poof, she's healed now. I wish it was. I believe it could be. I absolutely believe that. But it was a process. And so every day as things would arise, there were other things involved besides just the C word. There was things and issues, things that were setbacks or not setbacks, but um, inconvenience, <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> that affected our family, our lives. Everything was disrupted and turned upside down. And those were miracles that God took care of as well. And that's why I wrote this book, Miracles by the Moment, because literally, Every single day, we depended on God, whether it was the giant thing or whether it was the smallest thing. God was on board, involved, not only seeing, but taking care of and creating miracle things and answers to the things that weren't really important. It got to the point, honestly, where in my life, so many little things that God was just like, we call them God winks. So many things that finally it was kind of like, I guess I'm sharing too much. <laughs> Maybe that's just for me. Maybe that's really not necessary that, you know, it was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. But little things that were so personal and so definitive for me. And it was for me. And there were the big things that he did for all of us. And there were so many. But there was little things that God was just like winking, letting me know, letting us know. And he does this with all of us. He's on board. You're not in this alone you're not just out there on your own. You're not just wading through all this junk in the world right now. He is on board. I know the first thing that I do every morning, I'm just like you. There's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot, right? There's a lot that is going on that you and I, every morning, it comes in and wants to it it wants to put limitations on us finances opportunities what's going on in the world what's tomorrow going to bring what are they teaching our children now what are my kids going to become in this system how in the world are we going to raise a godly family in this ungodly world how do you and i we feel like moses sometimes yeah, God, I believe you, but I'm just me. How am I going to do all this? How am I going to cope with all this? How am I going to pay my gas bills and keep the electricity on? How many of you have a few of those thoughts? Maybe when you go to bed at night, whoo, there they are. Maybe when you get up in the morning, whew, there they are. <laughs> I, I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again before you let that mountain of to-do lists or responsibilities even take hold of your heart and mind get a hold of your mountain moving god take that time you know i'm the type of person and i'm sure you are too man as soon as i'm awake i'm like on the on the move you know i'm getting th- i i I'm not the, well, let's just say this. I like to get things done. So to me, as soon as I wake up, it's like my whole to do list, you know, I'm on it. And even at night, I'm like, okay, check, check, I got that, that, that. Now, <laughs> tomorrow I'll take up here. And, you know, I'm just very methodical in that way. So I've had to train myself, don't jump into all that. Jump into his presence. Yes, I'll get to all that. I'll take care of things. But the very first thing is I've got to saturate my brain. Not with all the issues, but with all the promises. Saturate your mind. Saturate your soul. Find that peace of God in your heart to start the day. And to continue in that presence of the Holy Spirit all day, through the day, no matter what you face. It doesn't, it doesn't take hours. I mean, in the early days, you know, we'd have all-night prayer meetings. We'd have, you know, an hour of prayer at the church every single morning before everyone went to work. You know, when we are pioneering churches. We had morning prayer in our house Now, that's a pleasant thing. (laughs) Wake up, 5 a.m., house fills up with people you don't even know, strangers. At 6 a.m., we all pray together and, you know, and, um, you know, it was a little odd. Inconvenience. I'm like, I can't wait till we have a building where you can go there and we can go there and I can go home. (laughs) I'm just saying, I believe in prayer. I wrote a book on prayer. I know the power of prayer. I know sometimes, man, you got to get after it in prayer. Stop letting the enemy push you and your family and your finances into the corner. And get up and fight him. Fight the enemy. But I'm talking about on a daily basis in a real world, you know, get up, saturate your mind. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's three minutes, even if it's two minutes or one Focus in on how great he is. As your day is, so shall your strength be. Deuteronomy 33, 26, I think it is. One of my favorites and my consistent word for the last four years. As your day is, so shall your strength be. If you're going to face something that day that is this big... That's how much strength is available for you. You're facing something this big. That's how big his strength is for you that day. No matter what is coming down the track for you. God will equip you for that day. Absolutely. Maybe it's not a big day. Maybe it's not a big thing. Well, praise God. But whatever is you're dealing with in that day. His strength is there for you to tap into. Whatever resources you need for the day. Give us this day. Our daily bread. All the bills. All the gas. All the things. I'm telling you. I'm not kidding you. Yes. It's expensive to live. But I'm telling you. When you trust God and you know him, he can take a dollar and stretch it into a thousand dollars. I remember when we first moved to Australia, we got there. This was in 1989, no, 83, I'm sorry, 82, (laughs) a long time ago. How much do you think a head of lettuce cost us back in the early 80s? Uh, 25 cents yeah that's what I was thinking so I remember we moved there and I'm not kidding you I went to get groceries the first time and we didn't have much money we weren't making much money at all I went to get groceries our salary wasn't any different than what we had back here well it was less but we I get to the checkout and a head of lettuce is three bucks lettuce I was like, oh. and I had all these groceries I had no idea. well not all of them I mean you know it was like okay 29 cents 32 and I get up there and I'm like oh this is gonna be so embarrassing in the natural I'm thinking I don't have enough money to pay for all of this I'm gonna have to put the lettuce back but I said just ring just ring it up and then we'll see because <laughs> I had a certain amount of money I had, I'm not, I'm serious, almost to the penny of what those groceries were, including that $3 head of lettuce. <laughs> and I knew it was miraculous that God was stretching it. I've seen him do that a million times in different ways. And I'm telling you, it, whether gas is whatever it is, how much it costs, all these things, you gotta do life. And I remember with that head of lettuce, And, and one of the, uh, one of the ladies that I knew that was a, a little bit older in the ministry and a pastor than, than me. And I was talking to her one, one time and she's like, yeah, I remember when we first moved here and she goes, the price of things. And she said, you know, God just sat me down one day and he said, if lettuce is 29 cents or if lettuce is $3 a head, or if lettuce is $15 a head, I'm Jehovah Jireh and I'll help you to pay for that. And I was like, I like that. And I was new to faith, but I started living that way. And to this day, that's how God is. I'm not saying be frivolous. I'm not saying be, you know, burying your head in the sand. Be be frugal where you need to be. But ultimately, God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Way beyond in the natural. What you can do, what you can accomplish. That's the God that we serve. So don't limit him. By your own definitions and by our human understanding, let God be God. Let the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God permeate your day, permeate your heart. When you get up in the morning, don't focus on all this stuff. Don't turn that news on right away, you know. Turn it on as necessary. We need to know what's going on to some degree. But honestly, do not saturate your brain with all that. They thrive on bad news. They thrive on trouble. So obviously, they're not going to be uplifting. So listen, you got you to counter that. People all the time, it's like, well, what are we going to do? All these things are going on. Yeah, they are. So let's keep moving on in God. Let's move forward in God. Let's, uh, let's appropriate the promises of God into the realities of our life. There's issues going on, but our God is bigger. And you and I are not limited to what's going on in the world. Amen? I don't care what we've come out of. I don't care what we're going through. I don't care how qualified or unqualified we are. I don't care how weak I don't care how strong we are. I don't care how equipped we are or how powerful we think we are or aren't. The Holy Spirit is the great equalizer for each and every one of us. Amen. Let me tell you this. We've got to get past our past. So tonight, this is what I want to focus on and pray for you is that. There may have been mistakes. Maybe words were said to you that were true. (laughs) Maybe there were things said about you that are true. So what? Maybe there's things that have been said to you or about you that aren't true. We can't let that stick. We can't let that define us and become what those people are projecting for us to be. If someone said mean words over your life or made accusations, guess what I have learned? The devil is the accuser of the brethren. That's his full-time job. Let me tell you a little story about someone that had this so strong in their lives how many know Charlie Brown cartoons? How many know that whole series, right? Did you know that Charles Schultz was such a insecure person? I read this. Actually, let me just not say this from memory. Let me see if I can. I read this so long ago. Yeah. And use this in this message. Who do you think you are? And I read this in, a, in a, an article about him. He always, his whole life, until the day he died, felt like a failure. Lived life feeling that his whole life was about to fall out from under him. That the rug was about to be jerked off of him. That people would finally discover that he was not funny. He was not talented. Charles Schultz. Charlie Brown. I mean, who doesn't know Charlie Brown and admire him? (laughs) His whole life, he lived under this oppression every day. In his mind, that life was going to be jerked out from underneath him. Now, it never did. He was successful. Continually and escalating his whole life. But he had this doom and gloom feeling of impending doom. To the point that the character that he created, Pigpen, was modeled after himself. So Pigpen always had that little cloud following him around. And it was supposed to be, you know, dirt. (laughs) But Charles Schultz modeled, modeled that after himself. Because that cloud following him, it wasn't dirt, but it was that feeling of doom and gloom. How many have ever had that feeling? Sometimes, even right now, with all that's going on in the world, that cloud, I know, tries to come on me. It's... It's crazy stuff right now. You think about your future. You think about this. And colored through that lens of what the world is painting. There is times that you can feel that cloud of oppression. There's times that you may think. Who do you think you are? That low self-esteem. That fear. That uh, self-defeat. That fear of. Of the world taking its toll on you. It can affect each of us. But I'm telling you tonight. I know that God wants to break that. In your heart. In your life. And in your family. And in your future. Maybe you have a spouse or a child. That is the epitome of that. We're going to break that tonight. We're going to break the spirit of that. Over all of our lives. Like I said. That old saying. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Well, you know what? Bones and cuts heal, but words cut to the core, and they stay with us and can wound us for life. Tonight, I want to break that spirit. I want to break that oppression. I want to break that limitation over your life, over our lives. I want to break that limitation over our families, because the world is trying to crowd in around us. The world is trying to overtake us and disconnect not only our individual destiny, but God's people's destiny. No wonder there's an attack against you personally. The enemy is trying to destroy the spirit of God in the world. Guess what? You and I are putting our foot down. There's a point, there's all this teaching these days on a bully. How many know that a bully is only as tough as he looks. And there's a point, you're going to rise up. You're going to put me in my place, right? (laughs) Well, you know, do it. Come on, girl. (laughs) I've had bullies. I've had people that, not necessarily even physically, but emotionally or spiritually that try to back you into a corner. Try to dominate you or make you feel like you're nobody? How many have ever felt people like that? Well, that is a bullying spirit. And that's what the enemy is all about. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the bully of God's people. And I'm tired of him pushing God's people around. Amen? I want your destiny to come to pass. I want you to be everything that God intended you to be. I want you to fulfill every. Event, every calling, every aspect of what God has called you to do in your life. We don't want anybody or any enemy or any worldly things to hold us back from impacting our world for God and being the greatest that we can be for him. Amen? I want you to stand with me right now. I have one more thing I'm going to close this with and this will bless you. I literally brought myself to tears when I read this in my notes today. This is so awesome. Have you ever read 1 Samuel 2 6 through 10? Basically, it's saying that God rekindles burnout lives with fresh hope. Who can use a little bit of rekindling with fresh hope? We've taken some hits in the last few years in the world. You know, every day, there's something else in the news that it does affect us. It affects our children. It affects our finances. It affects our confidence for our futures. It brings fear into our lives in the natural. But tonight, tonight, you and I have the privilege to come into the presence of God. And not just hope something can change. Not just maybe have a little boost of enthusiasm. We can literally come into his presence. And he can change our lives. You're in this room. You're on stream with us. You're watching this. God is in this place. I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to think. Think about him. Lift your hands. You're not here tonight just to visit with with each other. You're not here tonight just to hear this message. You're here tonight to meet with God Almighty. And I want you to lift your hands tonight and just in your mind, in your words, just softly, just identify that burden that you're carrying maybe it's low self-esteem maybe it's fear of the future maybe it's that condemnation of things that you've done in your past maybe it's that cloud of oppression and fear that things are going to fall apart around you or the rug's gonna be jerked out from underneath you, or that you're not gonna be able to live up to your own expectations, let alone somebody else's expectations. Maybe as a businesswoman, you feel overwhelmed and under-equipped. Maybe as a wife, you feel overwhelmed and under-equipped. Maybe as a mom, you feel overwhelmed and under-equipped. Maybe as a leader in ministry, maybe in this church, maybe as a leader in the community, you feel overwhelmed and under-equipped. But tonight, I want you to give that to the Lord. Things from your past that maybe were real, things from your past that maybe were fabricated, lies against you accusations whatever it may be feelings that someone has projected onto you out of their own hurt and tried to make you feel lesser than tonight I want you to literally lift your hands and give that to God and then I'm going to pray a prayer and break that spirit over your life have you given it to him Have you lifted it up and handed it over to him? Amen. Father, tonight, God, we come into agreement with each other. But God, we are coming into agreement with you, your word, and your promises, and your power. And Father, tonight, I break every spirit of oppression. I break every curse that... Words that have been spoken over us of limitations, of anger, of negative voices that have resided in our heads, in our minds, even in our lives. I break the spirit of darkness that would try to hold us back individually from the destiny and the promises of God. I break the power of evil that is in the world right now, that is trying to attack our families, our marriages, our children, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I break the spirit of poverty and lack and insufficiency through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. I break the spirit of oppression and depression I break the spirit of fear and doubt and apprehension. I break the curse of low self-esteem, of personal doubt, of feelings of darkness and fear and anxiety. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ. We plead the power of the Holy Spirit over our hearts, minds, bodies, families, homes, finances, and futures. And God, we release your promises. We release and step into your destiny, your fullness, abundance, overflow, increase, confidence, boldness, favor, grace, equipping, strength, courage. And most of all, God, Your anointing to equip us to do and to be all that you have called us to do and to be. And God, we release that tonight and we step out of the limitations of this world. And we step into the unlimited resources, equipping, blessing, promises, and miracles of you God our almighty God and we give you all the praise in Jesus name now come on I want you to lift your hands I want you to begin to voice voice that breakthrough voice that freedom voice that expectancy come on now right now I want you to lift up come on I want you to lift your hands and lift your voices and break through to that level tonight hallelujah God we thank you Thank you. Wow. I turned myself around. (laughs) Who was I preaching to back there? (laughs) Why didn't somebody tell me? (laughs) I kept hearing Margaret's voice over here. I'm like, what is Margaret doing? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's funny to me anyway. (laughs) I was in a pivot. My goodness. Oh you guys. I'm glad
2: you're
1: anyway. I thought it was funny. Okay guys, listen, here's what we're gonna do. I want y'all pivoting with me right now. Alright, here's what we're gonna do. Did that bless you tonight? Yeah. Amen. Amen. We're gonna have fun here in a minute and we're gonna mingle and, and some things, but real quick, I know Nancy's got some stuff and give giveaways and all that. But I want to take like about five minutes, honestly. I told Larry this tonight. He, he 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 said, What's your what are you gonna do tonight? And I said, You know, I just feel like I I always try and mingle with everybody afterwards and I You know, can't get with everybody. But I come here to bring a word. But I also come that we encourage and get to know each other. And so I just want to just sit for five minutes. And just sit. And I want us to pivot. (laughs) I want us to pivot spiritually. I know there's a spiritual significance to this. And I just want to chat for a minute. Sometimes I know people are waiting for extra prayers afterwards and, um, or, you know, to ask me questions or to tell me exciting things going on in their lives. And I want you just to go ahead and sit for a minute. And if you could corner me at a table, if there was a question you wanted to ask me or a praise report you wanted to tell me or share with me that 's really special to me. I love to hear you know what God is doing in your lives, and I love to hear about people telling me the impact that the church has made on their family or their lives. I know we just came through kids kids city camp and oh, such wonderful things that God was doing, and I know this is a month of miracles that we 're designating so I think it's always important to celebrate the victories. I mean, to me, it really encourages me to hear what God's doing. It very much encourages us to hear about what God's doing. And, um, we, we love to hear the stories. We love to interact. I know last month we had some great fellowship and got to hear. Yeah. How many years have you been in this church now?
3: I have been here since y'all had the interest meeting at on um be- she was pregnant she had just had her baby yeah. and I remember one of the things I was looking for was a church that was for people and I remember one thing because I, I lived in Lubbock I was going to Texas Tech yeah. and I saw her and it was when Pastor Larry had the little beard that looked like that and and yet the spiky hair and I had really never heard preaching like them and so I moved here. She wasn't even born. And my three little boys, I had like little ducks, they were all raised in this church. And, and cuties. And, yes, he, um, he dedicated all of my children to God except for one. And I remember one of the things that drew me to this church was when Pastor Larry said a sheep should smell like, sh- uh, a shepherd should smell like sheep. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And he was like, if you got to have an entourage to protect the anointing like uh, some of these pastors, then maybe you need to check your anointing. <laughs> And, so, and I was like because that, that's what I was looking for, a word church and someone that if you remember the Dallas Cowboys and you sat here and if you were this, I just wanted a church that was about people. And I remember we were over there at their church and they would come out and talk to us, which was a lot of pastors don't do that. And they would pray for us. And um, yeah, so it was, I've been here for a long time. <laughs> and not only just receiving, but giving, because you worked in Kids City for how many yeah. years now? I worked in um, the what was it? The kids. I was I was a I was a greeter. I worked in the bakery. I mean, the we had the coffee thing right there. Um, I remember when um, I would go to the leadership and Pastor Herc would just talk, and we would sit and talk after hours after the leadership groups would leave. I remember we talked about the Eric Springs, and he was like, "How do you?" I am so. <laughs> Yeah. I am so, uh, pleased that you, someone knows something about that. So yeah. I learned a lot about, I, cause growing up, I was like, why do we always focus on these Jewish people? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what about them? And I didn't understand the importance of Israel and Jerusalem. And then this is where I learned that you're supposed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and what yes. you pray for Jerusalem. God will help with you. Yeah.
1: So good. I know. And I'll tell you last month when we talked I went home and I was so encouraged because I was like, man, I went home and I told Larry, I said, man, our folks are so awesome. And they're so getting what we're about and what we're teaching and not only just getting it, but then reproducing it in y'all's families and in the people around you, around you. But then, you know, working in the different departments in the church as a volunteer and just, you know, getting fed but then feeding and it just blessed me so much and I'm so proud of you and I'm so proud of all of you because that's why you're here because you're hungry for God hungry for him to use you and he is so wanting to use you and I just love hearing from y'all so what else oh this is one of our newest we met just recently Rachel you are the cutest thing girl and you and your husband came in a few weeks ago. Well, you know what? It was the um, international day. And I remember it was the first day that you guys came. I was talking to you out here. And I saw your beautiful jewelry with all the stars of Star of David jewelry. And you were like, this is what we've been looking for. The Jewish roots. We didn't think anybody else knew this. And you had just heard of, of us or saw us on tv or something and came right over and you have been here ever since and you are the cutest and your husband and you have the sweetest spirit and we're glad that you're here part of this family girl We're glad to be here and i really have enjoyed being here i just see such a tremendous fellowship here where the people are just family Amen.
0: and that's what blesses me so much Amen. and i love that pastor doesn't hold back of what's going on in this world yeah. He is bold, and, and things that are coming into the school, like okay, we just need yes. to get involved and just stand up for what we believe in the truth, the truth of the living Word of God. Amen.
1: So Amen. I love it. And spreading the word, Amen. You know that's the thing that's so important about what we are growing in and individually learning is it's great that we learn it and we're here together to support each other. But then when we go out those doors, that we take that impact. Into the world. We used to have a sign above our doors in Portland that were on the inside as you exited, and instead of saying exit, it said, You are now entering the harvest field. I should do that again. But isn't that the way it is? You know, we're here and we exit and we go about our lives. But we are entering, when we leave those doors, to the harvest field. Amen? So think about that that this week. As you go about your business, um, I'm always amazed. You know, Anna, my daughter here, has a business that uh, microblading. She does those beautiful eyebrows. But... When she started that business, I remember she dedicated that business to the Lord and said, God, if you'll bring people to me, I will tell them about you and I will use my platform of influence for you. And it's amazing to me. Every, every time we get to talk, she's telling me about all these people that she gets to have these conversations with And not forcing it down their throat, nothing. But just as people talk about life and she's able to just plant that seed of the Lord. Or maybe pray with them or pray for their children or whatever, you know. It's just a beautiful way of influencing the world for the Lord. You know, when we first got saved, we had our little tracks. You know, the four spiritual laws turn or burn (laughs) you don't want to go to hell you know ask me how not to you know (laughs) and yet you know that can only really (laughs) go so far people need hope they need the light and that's what we bring and what an honor and a privilege to be able to bring light to somebody and hope amen Not just a condemning word. You know, I remember years ago when the elections were taking place. um, You know, like a few elections ago. And gosh, all the slander and all of the, what you would call campaigning was so negative. And I remember thinking, I want to know what these people stand for, not just what they want to rail against. And I thought... That's what the church needs to realize. Let's stop just representing to the world what we're against or what's wrong. Let's represent to the world what we're all about. What life and God is all about. The goodness that God wants to bring. Not condemnation for what they're doing, but hope for what God can do in their lives. Amen? One last thing. Anybody else? You got a zapper? Yes, darling.
0: Plug for the Lord. I was eighth grade dropout. I got saved at 29. Before that, I was bound by fear in every form of it. I had no life, no dreams, no visions, nothing. I was just existing. But you know, when Jesus came to me and he said, I have a life for you, yeah. a good life, not an easy one, but a good one. Yes. And I felt like I was a round hole trying to get in, into a square peg. I felt like I never fit anywhere, but he said I allowed that so it, you'd come to me. Amen. I've been walking with him for like forty-something years. Good girl, good girl. He took this eighth-grade dropout to a year and a half in college.
2: <laughs>
0: the first year I went, to got my ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth GED. Nine months. Holy Ghost helped me, That's or I couldn't awesome. have done it. That is- Then I went to a business college to learn accounting because I like figures. I do better in math than I do reading and writing stuff, spelling. Anyway, and then after that, at 67, he took me back to TCC to get a piece of paper that backed up all the experience I had all these years of working out in the public, and I'm still going to go to work.
1: I'm still going to work.
0: I looked in there at 60, 62, I retired, okay? And uh, I said, oh, I get to retire. The, the Holy Spirit says, no, you don't. And I said, what do you mean I don't? He said, okay, my word is final authority in your life, right? I said, yes, it is. He said, where does it show that you get to retire? Yeah. You don't. Yeah, that's so he talking. refired me. Yeah. I'm 76 years old and I'm still going back to work.
1: Oh You're 76 God. years old.
0: You beauty, would you pray
1: for us? (laughs) Oh my goodness, what a beautiful testimony. Amen, darling. Yes, he is. Praise God. That is so awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, God is so good.
2: Actually, I did catch one online before that, but the last time I was here, um, my pastor of 25 years, his wife, that I was her, his caregiver, she had just passed away, so I was looking for work. I've gotten a new job, so I'm working in a Christian daycare, like 10 minutes away from my house in Saginaw, so that's a blessing. But I wanted to encourage you, and I should have put it in a note and let you really read it. But you said how you need encouragement on Mother's Day. You did a beautiful, awesome job of ministering to any mother in any situation. Because there's so many different yeah. backgrounds that people have when it comes to motherhood. And I just yes. want to thank you for that. Because that's one of the hardest days of my year. Yeah. And you did a beautiful job. And I want to encourage you to continue into to And i just thank you for your minute. Thank you so much,
1: sweetheart. God bless you. And I I remember talking to you last month. I remember looking in those beautiful blue eyes of yours, girl. You are a gorgeous inside and out, honey. And, you know, if I could just say one thing about that Mother's Day is, you know, I try really hard when I teach on Mother's Day to identify everybody, you know, and it's like, I know it can be emotional, for different people. And afterwards I got a note from one lady in the church and she's a good friend. She's like, You forgot to mention the great great grandmas. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so thank you for that too, because that one I was like, ah, oh, I knew I was missing something. <laughs> but you know, we we do our best, don't we? And God does the rest. So listen, I want to release you to fellowship and have some fun and hang out, buy some products, get a little massage over there and fellowship with each other because we need each other. We come together, we want to hear the word, but we need to wrap arms around each other and 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 fellowship and celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. I love y'all. Thanks for coming out tonight. God bless you.